0: your favorite podcast show of the week this is location weekly and it's episode number 524 and uh yeah we're uh you know we're into the summer things are heating up everywhere temperature wise uh heat waves all over the place and um yeah abriana you're looking very summery you know i i
1: think yes i am feeling summery i am uh, well, we have obviously Independence Day that we're about to celebrate here in the states. So, Fourth of July, which means a long weekend uh, for a lot of us. So, I'm very grateful for that. Um, and uh, yeah, one week until I go to the beach. So, that's even more exciting for me. Um, so, yeah, I'm feeling summery.
0: <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah, and we're uh, we we, we moved to stage two of our reopening. My hair has been cut, as you can see. Yes, finally, <laughs> only months of waiting. Um, so that's good. And uh, yeah, exciting uh, exciting times. My daughter was very happy because uh, she graduated from high school and she's like, and, the, and her graduation was on the same day that they reopened and she's like, you, you need to line up like, you know, first thing in the morning and, you know, try and get your hair cut for pictures. And I'm like, <laughs> I followed my orders.
1: and she looks lovely i can't believe she's graduated
0: i know crazy so so anyhow uh, well we've got a good show for you this week four stories as usual uh some interesting things um you know i'm gonna touch on a little ar this week uh an acquisition or not acquisition a fundraising uh i should say uh and some interesting sort of out of home stuff so i'll let Abraana kick us off
1: all right, so let's start off in New York, in Buffalo, New York, actually. Uh, so Olmsted Park, which is, uh, you know, one of the parks obviously in Buffalo, has a lot of history that they wanted to document, I think, in, and uh, point park visitors too. So they are doing that through an app um, and via AR technology. So they have their Olmstead app 2.0 is what it's called. Um, And they're rolling out these AR experiences throughout that. So basically the app is providing users with, you know, all kinds of information on park updates, amenity locations, uh, wayfinding events, closures, all of those things within the app. But in addition to that, now they're adding in more of this, this, you know, obviously augmented reality where you can kind of step into the past while you're there in the present. So you can point the phone at the actual, um, you know, signs that are there, you can get this different information. So an example of this was they had um, a historic Lakeview house, which has been demolished. And so through this interactive kind of 3d model, you can see the extract the structure exactly where it stood while you're standing there, kind of through this this signage that's there. Um, and there's lots of different parkway locations that this can be used. Uh, they had this designed by a company called Newbird. Um, it's available on both Android and Apple devices. And this is part of some of the initiatives that they have through the um, you know New York State's Division of Tourism and I Love New York um market you know that they have uh and the regional economic development council initiative and m t bank so you know for me i think this is this is good like it's it's good that it's interactive it's kind of table stakes at this point for you know just informing um you know the general public for what happened like for history uh, um, So kind of two thoughts on this. One, I don't think it's anything groundbreaking technology-wise. Yes, I think that it's um, going to be enjoyable for, you know, park tourists to come and kind of see things come alive, as they stood before, take a step back in history. I like that aspect of it. I think it's fun. Um, And you know what? I just was kind of thinking of this year has been a very, um, the past year, more than a year, has been very interesting in terms of state parks, uh, historic monuments and things of that nature here in the U.S. And for me, this is a way that I think information can be found about maybe things that once stood there that no longer stand there because they shouldn't um, or you know what has happened or the history of things that were there or are there. I think that this is a way that maybe would um, allow people to understand the history of the country or that historic site, uh, while also honoring um, people that it affects, right? So I think that there's some interesting things in terms of application here and ways that this could be used for good. Um, But yeah, I mean, from a technology standpoint, nothing super groundbreaking or exciting, but I do think that it is a good application of AR. And I like the idea of exploring history um, while you are standing on the very ground where, where it occurred. So what do you think?
0: Yeah, uh, completely agree with everything you've just said. I, I think, yeah, from a technology perspective, there's nothing new here. But I love, you know, the use of AR to bring history to life. And we've seen a number of these um, sort of use cases over the years. I know there's the Gettysburg experience, which uses AR, you know, to kind of bring some of those battlefields to life and things like that so so i, I you know it, it's it, it's a it's a cool interesting visual way to kind of you know be standing on a spot and then be able to kind of be transported back in time and see what was that like at, at uh, you know some point in the past so so i think that's amazing it's fascinating it's a great sort of educational teaching thing i think for i think about young people uh like kids and you know how they learn today most kids are very visual you know they watch a lot of videos and things like that they don't want to read a book about the history of that space they want to like just see it and if you can bring it to life you know in ar i think that's fun um and and can make it more engaging so so i like that i think your point about um You know, things that, uh, you know, we've experienced this past year and things that aren't, uh, um, you know, maybe aren't there anymore and being able to sort of still have a way to, you know, sort of, you know, see them or talk about them or, or you know, create discussion about them. I think is a good one. Um, we just had a major, um, you know, uh, incident like you guys have had over the last little while here, right here in Toronto. Um, so there's uh, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of discussion the last number of weeks here in Canada. Uh, about uh, what we call residential schools, which were schools that were operated by the Catholic Church and kind of the native indigenous population, kids were rounded up. This is going back like into the late 1800s, early 1900s here and sort of taken away from their homes and um, you know supposedly educated in a better way uh, in the Catholic Church. And they've been finding all these sort of mass grave sites uh, using uh, you know ground penetrating radar now um and so on so this has been a thing that is really important to understand our heritage as a country and you know what what actually happened um and so a lot of the sort of statues of people who were the proponents of this kind of schooling system now are being pulled down like a lot of the statues that you guys have had being pulled down um you know and then you know sort of the whole sort of uh, there's always been this sort of clash between sort of societal advancement and our native indigenous populations and and that issues front and center right now here in Canada so I think having technology be a way to sort of bridge you know past present um, and kind of create that discussion I think is an interesting one so I love this kind of stuff and you know i i, I think uh it's it's going to be great for um you know going back to our story here uh buffalo and olmstead park um but i think broader use of this technology is it, it's it's so easy it's so available right now and i, I think uh, a lot of opportunity. so uh, check it out if you're in buffalo and going to olmstead park yeah, yeah. sorry well, I I have
1: idea word. about i think i live in a bubble um about that story and what's happening right now. Um, So I definitely need to be more educated about that. Um, But yes, I think that going back, this is, is, you know, it is one way of many ways that um, we can be aware of of understanding the past so that we can influence the present and not not have the same mistakes occur in the future, right? So, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. All right, on to our second story a bit lighter now, um, we'll come back to uh, in, into New York City now. Uh, so there's a company called Fresh Direct. Uh, you're moving there, maybe you'll check out Fresh Direct when you're there. Uh, who knows, but uh, this is a, a grocery uh, delivery uh, company. And so they've teamed up with Quan Media, that's spelled Q-U-A-N for our listeners out there, uh, and AdQuick on around a out of home measurement um, and attribution uh, campaign. So basically, you know, they, you know, like a lot of brands, they had to adjust over, um, you know, their ad spend over the pandemic. They used to do a lot of uh, out of home advertising in New York, um, you know, transit uh, advertising. So, you know, in the subway system, in the buses and the public transit system, obviously you know pandemic meant people weren't going to work necessarily they were working from home and transit you know sort of usage was way down so they had to find different ways to do that and you know while tv you know saw a bit of a rise that's not going to meet me sorry reach everybody and so they were sort of playing around with different ways to do that and different out of home usages and kind of trying billboards in different areas that are sort of not just transit based um and so anyways, they teamed up with uh, with uh, Quan Media and AdQuick here to put this sort of campaign together and kind of playing around with different out of home in, in Queens and the West Side and the Midtown Tunnel and, and different areas. Um, and they uh, were able to, to to really, you know, find what worked and what didn't work. Um, and the way they were doing that is using, you know, mobile devices to measure engagement around these advertising these these ads and again this isn't new technology we've talked you know i think a thousand times on our show here about uh, the use of mobile uh, device tracking to measure out-of-home performance you know hundreds of companies are out there doing this now Um, but i think it it is it does speak to the effectiveness of being able to understand where to focus your ad spend and, and how to optimize that um, and so that's basically what they're doing. And then the other part of it is is they have the ability through the Quan uh, side of this to activate mobile messaging to devices that are nearby. Um, so you can kind of actually tie, you know, a, um, you know, a sort of a, a view or a walk by or drive by to, you know, you know, some sort of way to actually drive one-to-one engagement. And that's, that's key, right? When you're talking about this type of advertising, because it tends to be, you think about a home as a mass media, but, you know, bringing it to something that can be truly hyperlocal and, and one-to-one, I think, is is always, um, you know, more much more powerful. So, yeah, I like it. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, in concept, I like this. I love, uh, I think it's super important that we are able to actually measure the efficacy of various types of advertising. Um, and I think that, Uh, You know, with something that has really large scale, for example, um, let's say, you know, TV uh, advertising or something online advertising, I think that measurement like this makes sense. I think it's really difficult to do at scale for something so hyper-local. So when you think about digital out-of-home and the amount of location data that's actually available to be able to tie to viewership of digital out-of-home media or out of home media, even not non-digital, right? Being able to just tie location data um, and making the assumption that the, the ad was actually viewed. Um, you know, I think that you're really working with a pretty small set of data here, um, but there are a lot of companies, like you said, there's a lot of different ways to measure things, whether that's footfall traffic, whether that's um, location data, whether that's credit card purchase data, you know, Different aggregated segments that, that you can kind of um say that this is the efficacy. And I think that everybody's just trying to figure out what's the best way to measure that with the resources that we have. So I like that they're testing things out. Um, do I think that they're gonna see, you know, grand scale in terms of the amount of data that they can track across out-of-home ad performance? Likely not. But if it can be enough to inform and um, you know, say that based on this percentage of location data and what we know based on the, you know, traffic that passes by this area, you can inform that model a little bit. So it's a little bit of a reach. So I know I'm taking like a completely different perspective here, but at the end of the day, I do like always testing out new models and hypotheses um, for how you can track uh, the efficacy of the spend, so. All righty (laughs) then, All right, so let's go, um, you know, across across the water a little bit over to Ireland. And um, I think that one thing that's probably been pretty true this past, you know, 18 months across the globe in general is the real estate market has been pretty crazy, right? People are saying, you know, I'm stuck where I am and I don't want to be here. I need more space or I need a different uh, climate or whatever it may be. So I think there's been really some massive changes with real estate this year, and we are now talking about um, out of home again. But um, specialist Kinetic, which is um, you know out of Ireland again, in partnership with the Irish Times, uh, which is owns MyHome.ie. So it's like a real estate website, so you can you know look for rentals and um, you know what's available for sale right now all across Waterford. So basically, this is a location-triggered campaign, um, and this is based on Kinetics' precision mapping platform. And this can alert consumers what is their nearest my home property that's you know available based on where they are currently. Right. Mm-hmm. So the creative for each site can be contextually tailored, um, you know, based on the closest property that's on sale, and then the the digital out of home network allows for my home to communicate that, that data with consumers in real time. Um, so once a property has been sold, they can update that on the creative. So the signage would you know, just reflect that information um, and that would be updated with a new property as well. So I think this is really actually a great application of this because regardless of traffic, the data is uh, something that's somewhat static, right? So knowing what's on the real estate market is is, it is what it is. There's not really a lot of, uh, you know, fluctuations in terms of capturing that. So when a home's listed on a site and taken down because it's sold, it's it's pretty reflective there. And then because the digital out of home signage is not moving, right? And you know where that location is, and it's tied to a specific place and side of maybe a transportation hub or a bus stop or you know a shopping center or something like that. Um, I think that it really works well in terms of just having an idea of what's nearest um, nearest to that specific location. So, I think this is a great application um, in terms of one, what's the opportunity for the specific market, and two, the data uh, aspect of it. So, I like this story, and and I think that um, it's a good application.
0: I do too, and I think it's you know real estate advertising, you know, in and out of home framework like this i think is is something we don't see a ton of and what i like about it is is that they're they're kind of playing this uh campaign across like all their different sort of form factors of you know so they what they call digitower digihub pods and, and super d um so they've got like this happening on big screens on smaller screens on kiosk type things you know all sorts of different environments that you may come come in contact with within the you know sort of the Waterford area so so I like that it's it, it's not just sort of you know this one screen that you know maybe some people happen to walk by right I like that it's kind of happening across you know an entire area really on almost every screen that you know is controlled you know across different form factors so, so to me that's really interesting and, and obviously the sort of real-time ability with the precision mapping piece to update that and if a property is sold and just you know popping up the the other ones that are close by and you know you know i I think that's that's really interesting and i i think that you know i don't know about you but like anytime i'm like wandering around in a in even when i'm downtown toronto or you know i'm on vacation somewhere and i'm like in the court i'm wandering around the main street or whatever there's always a real estate office they always have like ads in the window of like local properties and things like that but like to actually be able to like digitally have that update and be able to see that you know sort of in real time because i always look like i'm always like oh that's interesting like i wonder how much things go for around here you know whatever right so i don't know about you but i do that all the time so it's all the time <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know
1: why but it's so interesting right like you just want to be able to know like oh well what's here how is this real estate market this is yeah. pretty I wonder what this is um and something else that I would add though is I think that what could be done I'm not saying it is being done but an additional layer that you could apply here for the measure measurability aspect of it would be that there is you know dynamic creative that can happen for example where each potentially could have like their own specific phone number to call or a listing number to look up so that you could attribute it to which signage drove, you know, which click or call. So I think that that, that capability is, is great in terms of like, this is pretty a pretty trackable thing um, if somewhere, someone were to use like specific numbers that were there and incorporated. So I like that there could be um, like one step further you could go.
0: Yeah, and to add to that, I would say like, depending on, on these form factors of the screens, like if they're sort of uh, within, uh, you know, sort of n- not like high up, but you could actually touch them or, or get close to them. Um, you know, there's a lot of great technology now where you can embed in screens, the ability for NFC support. So you could actually, you know, the user, the, cu- the customer or uh, buyer potentially could simply tap the screen with their phone and then have like you know the whole ad for that particular home kind of pushed down to their phone and they could take it with them and go you know you know check it out right you know go visit that property or whatever so so there's that sort of interaction
1: huh or qr codes yeah, QR yeah there's code, a lot of options. whatever
0: right so yeah there's a, a number of ways to do that so um i like it good opportunity all right final story um, is about uh a little bit of money being raised uh, a company called OneNav. Has raised $21 million in a Series B funding. Uh, it's led by um, GV, Northwest Venture Partners, and GSR Ventures. Uh, so that brings their total fundraising to $33 million. Uh, this is a company that plays in the um, uh, satellite space, the GNSS um, technology space. And so they've signed a strategic partnership as well with um, a company called InQtel to provide US intelligence and defense agencies with a first of its kind GNSS GNSS technology solution. Um, Yeah, so basically what what OneNav is all about, what they specialize in, is something called L5 signaling. So this is a type of mobile receiver um, that can basically uh, receive uh, these types of signals. Um, And why that's important is, you know, in the world that we're kind of in now and kind of the advanced location data analytics world that we're in, there's a lot of different ways we're having accurate GNSS satellite uh, data and having that being communicated, um, you know, timely, accurately, uh, you know, with as much um, uh, compression uh, of the data as possible and things like that. This plays into things like ride-sharing applications and, and positioning, uh, you know, making sure the accuracy of where you're going uh, is there and the mapping data is there. Um, you know, obviously for for navigation, you know, things like Google Maps and all of that play into this. You know, uh, E911 emergency response services. You know, getting people, getting the emergency responders to the most accurate position possible. Um, you know, and you know, is, is incredibly important because at the end of the day, it's about saving lives. If, if, you know, I'm off by, you know, I don't know, you know, three, 10 meters, whatever, and it's indoors, it's in a building or whatever, that could cost seconds, that could cost somebody's life, right? So the more accurate you can be in this kind of stuff, the better. Um, and so there's a lot of applications for this, there's a lot of advancements happening right now in satellite. Um, positioning technology and the accuracy in particular around that. Uh, I know it's not just, um, you know, with what's happening with, uh, you know, our North American-based satellite network here, but, you know, the Glasnost network, the, you know, the Baidu networks, the, the other networks that are going on uh, internationally, um, you know, are also making, you know, major upgrades to their accuracy. So I think we're, we're getting to a point now where satellite, um, positioning and location accuracy, you know, sort of as a byproduct of that is almost coming on par with, you know, where we were, I would say with the early beacon uh, days and, and, you know, mobile, uh, you know, location uh, type of things that were going on. So we're kind of now down inside of that sort of one meter accuracy level now with, you know, both satellites and um you know sort of some of the more micro location stuff which is getting even better as well that's not stopping either you know that's down to centimeter millimeter level accuracy in some cases so
1: yeah it sounds like this is more of like an update to the chipset that would be like integrated into actual devices which is really great um i know that everybody has been you know in a large city probably where they're trying to order an uber or lyft and the signal's putting you like, you know, the next block over, or you know, a couple blocks over, or on one side of the building when you're on the other side of the building. And so, to me, this sounds like this is what's actually helping solve that problem, in addition to the network changes that are happening, um, kind of from like you have the top down approach and the ground up approach. And when they meet, then that's kind of when we're going to see um a lot of advancements and so like you said we're definitely working towards that and so it's exciting to hear that items like this are getting more funding as well
0: indeed all right well that's it that's our show for this week uh four good stories there um and we just thank you for listening and watching this has been episode number 524 of location weekly thank you everybody we'll be back of course with uh, another show in another week have a great, uh, week, great weekend. Uh, enjoy yourselves. stay safe and healthy, get your vaccine if you haven't done so yet. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.